good morning and welcome. I'm going to invite us to find seats here in the sanctuary for those of us that are here in person. And for those online, we welcome you to this memorial and celebration of life as we gather together for your love for this family, for our love for Don. We take this time to pause and to gather together for worship, to hold on to one another and to the love of God, which never lets us go. My name is Matt Smith. I am one of the co-pastors here at the table where Kelly and Dave uh, shape life together here with us and Nico. And we are so grateful to have you all with us um, in this time as we come together both to hold grief and loss and to celebrate a life well, well lived. And so I want to make just a couple of notes. First, for those who are online, if this is your first time with us online, there are a couple things to know. One, you can stay just right where you are, and you can participate in worship and in this celebration of life just right there. If you desire to connect with others, you can sign in and choose a seat. If you sit next to another person, it'll uh, allow you to show up on their screen, much like Zoom. So if there are people you want to connect with from a distance, you could use this as an opportunity to do that um, as we gather during worship and then following as well. For those that are with us in the sanctuary, especially those holding young ones, just a couple of notes. In the back of the sanctuary, and Michael and Emily could probably help us, but in the back of the sanctuary are some binders if folks would like some coloring. If we get too antsy at any moment, you're welcome to find that. And then also down the hall is a really beautiful safe space for our young friends if you just need uh, to step away for a moment, that is there for you. For all of us, there are restrooms uh, just down the hallway. So. On behalf of Kay and Steve and Katie, uh, Kelly and Dave and Nico, and also Don's siblings, Bill and Linda, we welcome you into this time. I invite us to be together in a spirit of prayer. In dying, Christ destroys death. In rising, Christ restores life. Christ will come again in glory. As in baptism, Donald Stephen Ormsby put on Christ. So in Christ, may Don be clothed now and always with glory. Here and now, dear friends, we are God's beloved children. What we shall be has not yet been revealed, but what we know that when Christ appears, we shall be held in that love. For we shall see Christ as Christ is. We gather today as those who hope to root our lives in grace and to grow in faith, to reach in love and to give generously. We gather this day leaning into your abiding love. So friends, as we gather in this moment to give thanks to God and to witness to our faith and to celebrate God's love for Don, we come together in grief acknowledging our human loss before you, God. So may you grant us grace, that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow hope, and in death resurrection. Amen. We're going to open worship with song. This is a song that comes to us from a writer, a singer-songwriter named John Foreman. This is our music team sharing the house of God forever. And I just invite you to be in a spirit of prayer as we move together into worship. Thank you. 
God is my shepherd, I won't be wanting, I won't be wanting. He makes me rest in fields of green with quiet streams Even though I walk through the valley of death and dying I will not fear cause you continue or invite us to continue in a spirit of prayer together. Loving God who gave us birth, 
you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. You know our needs, God, before we ask, and you know our ignorance in asking. So give to us now your grace, that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may trust in your unfolding grace, which holds us in your house forever. Speak to us once more your solemn message, God, of life and of death. Help us to live as those who are prepared to die. And when our days here are accomplished, enable us to die as those who go forth to live, so that living or dying, our life may be held in your grace, and that nothing, nothing in life or in death will separate us from your great love in Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to invite us actually to stand for this next piece, which will be familiar, I imagine, to most everyone with us, and to join your voices if you feel led. Yeah. 
invite us to be seated. Thank you, Elizabeth. We are going to move into a time of hearing from Don's children, Kelly and Steve, and also friend and mentor in the house church together, um, Greg, as well. So Kelly is going to share with us first. everyone. I just want to start off by thanking you all for coming out today or listening online to celebrate the 76 years my dad had here on this earth. It means so much to me, my brother, and my mom to see so many people here over part of my dad's life in so many different and unique ways. As most of you know, my dad was something of a music enthusiast. I was known to create extensive playlists. So I thought it was only fitting to create a playlist of sorts with some of his favorite musicians that capture some of the memories with him and characteristics about him that I hold most dear. The song that summarizes my childhood memories with Dad is You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon. I still remember so clearly dancing in our basement in Colorado to this song as a young kid, him twirling me around to the saxophone solo during the chorus. Although he traveled a lot for his work as a sales rep during the week when we were growing up, he was a very engaged father when he was home. And that's what I'm truly thankful for, his steadfast presence with us when we were kids. From these impromptu dance sessions in the basement in our Colorado house, to going to my piano recitals and my brother's t-ball games, to making sure to read us the Polar Express each Christmas season to always having plenty of what became known as car snacks on hand for family road trips. Cheez-Its and Chex Mix were go-tos. These gestures demonstrated his intentionality in prioritizing being a dad we could depend on. And it helped model for me how I want to be as a parent in raising our own son. Another track on this reflection playlist is Cheeseburger in Paradise by one of my dad's favorite musicians, Jimmy Buffett. I feel it was a rite of passage when I went to my first Buffett concert with my dad back in 2009. I'm so glad I have the memory of shouting the words to this song with him from our lawn chairs on the grass of the Concord Pavilion as it was played live, margaritas in hand, of course. I relate my dad's connection to Jimmy Buffett's often lighthearted music style with his playful spirit and knowing how to have a good time, as I'm sure many in this room can attest to. I have this vivid memory of when I was in 10th grade and had a bunch of friends spending the night. 
we were tipped off that some guys we knew were going to try to prank us by TPing my house. And sure enough, they showed up late that night and started gleefully covering the trees in our yard with toilet paper as we watched from my bedroom window horrified. Enter my dad, who decided to prank the pranksters by stealthily ducking down behind the fence, grabbing the front yard hose, and then proceeding to spray them with it. <laughs> Needless to say, this successfully disrupted their antics, and they took off running. Me and my girlfriends all busted up laughing, and now I think of how, instead of being annoyed by high school shenanigans, my dad joined right in on them himself. Then there's the various times he bought concert tickets for a show, literally the day of, on a whim. Like when he went to see Garth Brooks solo while he was on a business trip in Fresno, or when he joined me, Dave, and Steve to see you 2 perform in Oakland just hours before the show began. And he always prioritized making sure each year we went on some kind of family vacation, even though the budget was tight. And these are some of the lifelong memories I share with him, my mom, and my brother. I've come to realize how my dad demonstrated the importance of having fun on purpose. See that show, join in on the joke, go on that vacation, because life is too short not to. Next on the playlist is With a Little Help from My Friends by The Beatles. This song reminds me of how my dad was someone who showed his affection, usually not by words, but by helping in some way. For me, it looked like him giving my 92 Nissan Maxima an impromptu car wash in our driveway because God knew he couldn't stand a dirty vehicle. Or I offering to drive me two hours each way to get an emergency root canal or picking up a loaf of Boudin Bakery bread on his way home from a work trip for Dave and I. His seemingly simple acts of service over all the years I had with him have now all combined to become deeply meaningful by showing me what consistent love being put into action looks like. I also observed how in addition to being a committed husband and father, he was also a deeply loyal friend who very much valued maintaining his friendships whether that was doing weekly virtual cribbage games or keeping notes in his phone contacts with details like the date of the last time he spoke with that person or the names of that friend's grandkids. My dad was a true example of someone who was devoted in his relationships. The closing track of this playlist is We Are the Champions by Queen. Like anyone, my dad went through various challenges in his life such as a very complicated neck surgery he had in the 1990s, or unexpectedly getting let go due to his company downsizing just months after relocating to California from Colorado, and then deciding to pivot to being self-employed and starting his own business from scratch. However, the last seven years of dad's life really uncovered his inner perseverance and resilience after he was diagnosed with throat cancer in 2015. This song's chorus lyric of we'll keep on fighting till the end rings true for how he approached this journey. He fought bravely through the initial radiation treatments, which removed the cancer, but also resulted in creating 
many side effects relating to being able to swallow and eat that began gradually and became worse. In late 2019, he could only eat blended food, and so he made a point to taste test what a blended up In-N-Out cheeseburger was like. His verdict was, not bad. By 2020, he did fully lose the ability to eat or drink by mouth, and yet he still fought on and maintained a sense of humor. Like cracking jokes about if he could still enjoy a cocktail through his food port. While I despise what, was, what going through cancer treatment did to my dad physically, I'm also simultaneously grateful that ultimately the messy process of ridding his body of the cancer gave him the gift of time. Time that allowed him to become, to become pops to our son, Nico. He was born in 2017. I'll forever cherish watching my dad embrace the role of being a grandparent. One of the most selfless acts I'll always hold in my heart is how even when dad could no longer enjoy food himself, he would still make Nico these amazing breakfasts with sizzling bacon, fluffy pancakes, and his signature flat egg. I'm truly savored watching him gobble, gobble it all up. He could have chosen to succumb to the despair of having a main delight in life, enjoying food being taken away. And yet he made the choice to still participate in life in the ways he could. During the first of what became several hospital stays beginning in 2020, my dad taught me how to play cribbage, one of his favorite pastimes. His health challenges sure didn't impact him from often crushing me on the cribbage board. <laughs> and it was impressive how he could always keep score so quickly, even with all the quirky rules of the game. I'm thankful for the various father-daughter matches we had the last two years. I'd usually come over on a weeknight, my dad would start playing some playlist from his phone, and we'd banter back and forth as we played. It was one of the few things that helped him feel normal, I think, in a time in his life where most everything had been turned upside down. Yes, dad was truly a fighter until the end, channeling a quiet strength of just pushing forward each day despite the many obstacles he faced. I know my mom was his constant source of support through it all. And without her, he could not have endured what he did, these last years especially. I'm comforted in knowing my dad is no longer suffering and is at peace. I imagine him wherever he is among the stars, being able to eat whatever he wants while listening to an epic cosmic concert headlined by all his favorite bands. I know his presence will always be with me, and I'm grateful for his unconditional love and all the ways my dad helped shape who I am today. While the music of a song eventually fades out, my dad's legacy will continue on. I hope we can all continue to hold the memories we had with him close and that these can bring us joy 
and knowing we were able to have such a wonderful man in our lives. morning. I want to thank everyone for coming. I know some of you drove a long way, hopped on a plane to get here. This means a lot to my family and I, and I know my dad would be grateful that you're all here to honor him. My dad was a good man, but not only that, he was a fascinating man. For the past few weeks, I've had the pleasure of digging through our old family photos and home movies, searching for nuggets of my dad to make the celebration of life video that you're all about to see. And even though I was only seeing a snapshot of different eras of his life, it was a clear reminder to me that he lived a brilliant, adventurous, and fascinating life. The adventure started early for him. He was born in Los Angeles, then lived in Alaska, Idaho, Virginia, and eventually went to high school in Guam as a military kid. He would tell us stories about new kids being initiated to the island by having to crawl into dark caves with only a candle or being forced to climb to the top of telephone poles. Kids would get a day off from school if they found grenades in the jungle left over from the war. He didn't have a run-of-the-mill experience growing up. I think hearing some of the stories from his younger days lit the travel spark in me. Once, he started going on, once I started going on travels of my own, I learned how much of a joy it was to come back home and share new stories from abroad with my dad, a point of common interest we now shared. He joined Sigma Chi at Fresno State and was given the nickname Spock due to both a physical and characteristic resemblance. <laughs> Here he made lifelong friends, some of whom he skied all over Colorado, Utah, and California with. A few years after college, he got a job driving a cable car across the country in 1972. It was a replica cable car used to, used to display Prescolite's track lighting. This story has become a bit of Ormsby family lore as he drove a cable car from Boston to Oakland over the course of a few months, making a point to stop at various Sigma Chi houses and partying at each one. <laughs> yes, this was a work trip. From a young age, he never missed the chance to combine a lot of play into his work, always seizing the opportunity to fully live life along the way. I was recently told that he would often DJ college parties because of his collection of records and cassette tapes. I didn't know that kind of thing was passed down genetically, but I'm grateful for the music genes that my sister and I both inherited from him. He used to tell us about his avid ski days, squeezing in half a day of skiing after he had made his sales calls with clients in the morning. I'm thankful for that, not only because he introduced me to skiing, but it was also a reminder that life isn't just about work and achievement, it's also about enjoying the ride along the way. In 1979, my mom and dad met at a country western bar in Colorado. According to my mom, she was ready to leave the bar and go home until she turned around and ran into my dad who said, Leaving so soon? 
They talked for hours until they were ready to leave when my dad offered to make sure my mom got home safely. By following her in his car all the way to her place. Mom, God bless you for your sweet innocence in that moment. Letting a man you just met follow you all the way home or else Kelly and I would not exist. Being raised as a military kid by a naval officer father, he didn't exactly wear his emotions on his sleeve, but he would let you know he loved you. For me, those reminders would come all the time in small ways. A call while I was up at school in Chico. Have you changed your oil in your car? A text, can I help you with your taxes? Have you done your taxes? Have you started your taxes? Or one of his favorites when we were out to a family dinner, he'd lean over and say, don't worry about the price, get the filet mignon. I think my dad invented a new love language, steak. But besides steak, his true love language is acts of service. In the most dad way possible, he always wanted to know how my car was doing. When I came home for the weekend, I'd wake up after sleeping, sleeping in to find my car washed, vacuumed, and even the paint waxed. He loved to surprise my sister and I with pancakes or waffles on the weekends. After I acquired an affinity for beer up at college, he would always have a six-pack of Sierra Nevada waiting for me in the fridge when I got home, even though he only drank one beer his entire life, Coors Light. I remember a friend stopped by our house in Davis on his way out of town to say goodbye before heading out on a multi-week road trip. After only a few minutes of chatting and saying goodbye, we went back outside to find my dad filling up the air in all of his car's tires. You were a bit low on all of them, he says, telling, <laughs> telling my friend and embarrassing me. But that's the kind of man he was, always looking out, always looking for how he could help. Not only would my dad show that he loved us in the little ways, he was very good about being generous with his time and being there for the big moments. He was there for all my little league games, my sister's soccer games, and never miss an anniversary with my mom. He truly modeled how to be a great father with his dedication, to just being fully present for our childhoods. Little family day trips and vacations were important to him. I'm so thankful he and my mom gave us the memories of taking an RV to Vancouver, going to Disney World, visiting me abroad in Prague, and an especially important bucket list item for me, going to a Broncos game together in Colorado at Mile High Stadium. Growing up, I learned so much from my dad. He was dedicated to his work, but I never doubted where his most important priorities were in family and life-giving experiences. He led by example in how to be loyal and dependable through the relationships in his life. He, ins he has inspired me to live my own life in this way, and I like to think this honors his legacy. Even in the last few months with us, he put family first and prioritized being present for us. I'm eternally grateful to the powers that be that he was able to attend our wedding in August. I know how important that was to our entire family for him to be able to come to that. I'll never forget dancing to the Ormsby family favorite, You Can Call Me Al, together with him, my mom, and my sister. I do, I do believe he's still with us in, in spirit. He's there every time I get my oil changed, every time I drink a Coors Light, every time I make the tradition, traditional Christmas morning egg dish, every time I ski, every cribbage game I play, Every time I play one of his records, every time the Broncos score a touchdown, even if that's a rare occurrence these days. <laughs> Dad, thank you for setting such a beautiful example as not only a father, but a husband, brother, uncle, son, 
grandparent, and friend. Thank you for raising me well and for everything you've taught me. I'm a better person because you are my dad. I'm so proud to be your son. I'm so grateful you are my dad. I'll always carry you with me. We will love and miss you forever. I hope you're DJing the welcome party in heaven while sipping on a course. I guess I'll use the shorter mic. <laughs> it's an honor, really, to be able to uh, share memories of Don uh, with the family and all of you today. Um, we have Don and I, uh, and as a friend, but also uh, as a representative from our home church group, uh, of which Kay and Don have been a part of the last couple of years since we, we started that. Uh, I've known Don as a friend from uh, early 2000s when we moved back to California. We have had a lot in common. Fleetwood Mac. We played an occasional round of golf. Beer, although not Coors Light. We, we, uh, we really got closer, however, as part of um, getting pulled into a vortex, an orbit of Kay and my wife Victoria and Mimi Lyon, who have been meeting together weekly for, what, 15 years. And so as their bond grew closer together, of course, Craig and Don and I got pulled into all these activities, an occasional meal, activities of various kinds, and we just really got to know each other a lot better and, and became closer friends, and, and so it was a great opportunity uh, to be able to be able to do that. You know, it's easy. I think we probably all want to think more about Don pre-cancer, right? A vivacious human being, sense of humor, just loved life, um, and so I think that's the way we'll all kind of really hold on to those memories. But I just want to share one thing, one quality about Don, which I think is really noteworthy and I want to share uh, with you. And, and it really comes more from the time after he contracted cancer, went through the treatments, and, and really, um, as, as Kelly and Steve were talking about, he just persevered through all that and he just was not, not going to give in. Uh, and so Kay and Don were an active part of our, our home church. There are many days that, you know, Don came and it was hard for him to speak, um, and and nonetheless he came and and he actively participated, and um, and and was a, a strong uh, member of our of our group, and and then there were the Thursday morning group that we had for years, um, a different group, Tom Wendall is part of that and a, a few other uh, guys and. Uh, We'd meet every Thursday morning for, for years, and, and we got bonded through, through that group. And then, more recently, in the last year or so, um, growing out of our home church, I'm not sure how the, all this connects, we started having a Beer Wednesday. And um, maybe this photo helps explain the genesis of that, actually. 
but uh, Don would nonetheless come. I mean, he couldn't drink beer anymore, but he enjoyed the camaraderie. He enjoyed the fellowship. He enjoyed the friendships. Um, I was also part of the army, growing army of people playing crib, cribbage with Don, um, either face-to-face -face or uh, over the phone or over the internet. But here's what really st strikes me about Don. He could have felt sorry for himself. He could have withdrawn. He could have, have wanted to make a point of, you know, poor me, um, and so, you know, we could sympathize with him. But whether it was Thursday mornings, Sunday mornings, Wednesday afternoons, Don always was focused on other people. And I don't know what better quality we could characterize than somebody who cared more about how other people were doing than himself, even when he wasn't doing well. And this was not to just deflect answering questions about himself. He genuinely cared. And we had people in our Thursday morning group who were going through some pretty difficult times. And they reflected after Don's passing that the most wonderful trait about Don was, was really just reaching out to them and supporting and encouraging them. That's what mattered to him. So I just wanted to share that. Maybe we can just hold on to that one great quality uh, of many qualities that Don had. And remember that. Remember him uh, before his disease. But, but, but he reflected the, you know, these great qualities even after he had them. And that really is a measure of a person, I think. So uh, God bless Kay and all the family. God bless Don. Thanks so much. We're going to transition now into the video that Steve um, made for us. And so I just invite you um, to hold this and to allow the memories of Don's life, your time with him, the ways in which you love his family and those gathered around you uh, to just uh, be as we move together in this. So this is a video on Don's life created by their, his son, Steve. Something new, though I know 
the street. He says, Why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well-lit door. Mr. Beer Melly, Beer Melly, get these mutts away from me. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. I can call you Betty, Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. A man walks down the street, he says, Why am I short of attention? Got a short little span of attention, and all my nights are so long. Where's my wife and family? What if I die here? Who'll be my role model now that my role model is gone, gone? Get ducked back down the alley with some roly-poly little bat-faced girl. All along, along, there were incidents and accidents. There were hints and allegations. If you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your long-lost pal. I can call you daddy, and daddy when you call.
magic kind of medicine that no doctor could prescribe. I used to rule my world from a payphone. Ships out on the sea. But now times are up, and I got too much stuff. Can't explain life's me. But there's this one particular harbor. About the good times down in the Caribbean sunshine. In my younger days, I was so bad, laughing about all the fun we had. Seen enough to feel the world spin, mixing different oceans, eating cousins. Listen to the drummers and the night sound. Listen to the singers make the world go round.
The family has identified two readings to accompany our gathering this morning. So first we'll hear Psalm 121, and then we'll hear a brief part of a poem from Wendell Berry. Stephen, thank you for that. He's still keeping us smiling. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. family. I'm Mike Jones from Denver. My wife will tell you that I'm pretty emotional. Uh, I got to know John when he moved to Denver, and we stayed in touch until the very end. I do have this reading. I tried to get through it. He goes free of the earth. The sun of his last day sets, clear in the sweetness of his liberty. The earth recovers from his dying. The hallow of his life remaining and all his death leaves. Radiances know him, grown lighter than breath. He is set free in our remembering. Grown brighter than vision, he goes dark into the life of the hill that holds his peace. He's hidden among all of that that is and cannot be lost. Don, we love you. Our Christian tradition teaches, reminds us that life doesn't end with death. Instead, our loved ones who have finished go home, what the poet David White calls, make the great migration home. And even still, we hold close to this truth, and even while we hold this, our hearts are still filled up with the tears that come. The longing that we still have to be with the best of that loved one who cared for us and for whom we cared so much. I've been reminded of this truth of the reality of the tears first that was walking with Kelly just outside of the house in Davis, just hours really after your dad passed. And sitting with the family and Kay and hearing stories 
and then receiving that first draft of the film from Steve, reworking our worship together, a reminder of how we can hold this truth of the great migration home and it still leaves us with a sense of loss. Thankfully, we have traditions like memorials which bring us together to remember, to mourn, to make space for grief and to celebrate, to hold all of that together in one place as we hold all of the person who we love so much. The poet David White writes, when one thing dies, all things die together. And we must live again then in a different way. When one thing is missing, everything is missing and must be found again in a new whole and everything wants to be complete. Part of what we do as we gather to memorialize is to both grieve and to celebrate Don's life. We hold space together to acknowledge the ways in which we must learn to live again in a different way. And for those closest to Don, we acknowledge that this is merely one step among many, which will inevitably be a long journey of learning to live again in a different way. There's a Quaker pastor and philosopher named Philip Gully, and he says this, death jogs our minds about what's most important. You've heard this reflected upon by each of the speakers today. It separates, he says, wheat from chaff. Life isn't about money, big houses, fancy cars, titles. It's about family and friends and our relationship with God and whether we love. We can't fit all of that onto a tombstone. So we carve our names and our dates of birth and death and hope that somewhere between the two dates, life was well lived. September 1, 1946. It's November 20th, 2022. Donald Stephen Ormsby's life was well lived. A preacher to preacher says that you don't love God so that tit for tat, God will then save you. To love God is to be saved. To love anybody actually is a significant step along the way. You do not love God and live for God, so you go to heaven. Whichever side of the grave you happen to be talking about, to love God and live for God is an experience of heaven. It's a gift, not an achievement. What the Christian tradition calls grace. And so today, we give thanks for grace upon grace, for the gift Don experienced in a life well lived a gift Don continues to experience held in God's unfolding embrace. As a child, a brother to siblings, brother to Sigma Chi's, a husband, a dad, pops to Nico, cable car driver, even a Broncos fan, music lover, salesman, quiet, strong, 
resilient, a child of God. We give thanks for God's love, which knit Don in his mother's womb, and God's love, which holds him now. So I close then with this prayer, which comes to us from the Gaelic-Irish poet John O'Donohue, entering death. And I just invite you to allow this prayer to be for you and for those around us. I pray that you will have the blessing of being consoled and sure about your death. May you know in your soul there is no need to be afraid. When your time comes, may you have every blessing and strength you need. May there be a beautiful welcome for you in the home you are going to. You are not going somewhere strange, merely back to the home you have never left. May you live with compassion and transfigure everything negative within you and about you. And when you come to die, may it be after a long life. May you be tranquil among those who care for you. May your going be sheltered and your welcome assured. May your soul smile in the embrace of your Anamkara, your soul friend. Amen. Amen. We are going to move back into Kelly's soundtrack and hear one of the songs which brings hope and life to this family and to Dawn. This is our music team sharing Let It Be. Myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be, and in my hour of darkness, she's standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. There will be 
to remain standing and to just be in a spirit of prayer. God of us all, your love never ends. When all else fails, you are still God. So we pray to you for one another. We pray to you for one another in our need. And we pray for all anywhere who are finding themselves mourning with us this day. To those who doubt, may you give hope. To those who are weak, strength. To those living in brokenness, mercy. To all who sorrow, may they know your peace. Keep true in us the love with which we hold one another. In all our ways, may we trust in your love for the world. And to you, with your church on earth and in heaven, we offer our lives and this time. In your name, in your hope, in your glory, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated. As so many of you know, Don was a Sigma, is a Sigma Chi, and so we have Bill with us to lead the Sigma Chi brothers in what is called the White Rose Ceremony. Briefly, um, I'm a Sigma Chi because Don was a Sigma Chi. He went to Fresno State. I followed him at Fresno State. He introduced me, and I moved into the house before I was even initiated. <laughs> and because of that, uh, we had a lot in common. The, the Sigma Chi brothership, Brotherhood uh, was, was a terrific thing for me and for Don. Uh, we had a lot of lifelong friendships due to that. Don has uh, a number of his uh, classmates at the, at the time uh, before I arrived in, into the class itself. But uh, I've been asked to, to, to lead the ceremony. The White Rose Ceremony is uh, something that all Sigma Chi's try to do at a, at a funeral. It's, uh, it's very short. We have our brothers over here on the side. And I'll proceed here. Brothers in Sigma Chi, we are gathered here to pay and tribute a love and respect for the memory of our brother Don Ormsby. All honor to his name. 
Don fought the good fight and finished his work. The white cross of Sigma Chi has gained new luster by his life. So mote it be. Inasmuch as our dearly beloved brother wore over his heart the white cross of Sigma Chi, whose immaculate whiteness symbolized to us the purity of his motives, therefore it is most appropriate that we now bear above his heart our emblem and that we lay white roses upon his casket in token to the sweet memories we will always cherish of him we love so well. Well, we have no casket. We do have Don's urn here. We're going to ask the brothers to come and place their uh, roses on the table in front of the urn. the closing of that white rose ceremony from the Sigma Chi's is a sharing together with one voice in the Lord's Prayer. And so I invite you, those in the sanctuary, to stand as you're willing and able. And for those of us who come from the Christian tradition or practice our faith in Christian community, we invite you to be in a spirit of prayer and to address God in the way and the language that feels most dear to your heart. And for those of us that might come from other traditions or no tradition at all, just to be in a spirit of peace as you watch over the family that's gathered here uh, with us today. So let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I invite you to stay in a spirit of prayer as I share this commendation over Don's ashes in the urn which is before us. Loving God, all that you have given us is yours. As first you gave dawn to the world, so now we give dawn back to you. Receive dawn into the arms of your grace and your mercy. Raise him up with all the world you so love. Receive us, God, also, and raise us into new life. Help us to become those who would live in the world as an expression of your hope, your healing, your justice, now and always always. May the people of God say amen. amen. We're going to close with song. This is a song chosen by the family as well. This is our music team sharing. This is not the end. This is not the end, 
this is not the end of this. We will open our eyes wide, wider. This is not our last, this is not our last breath. We will open our mouths wide, who are gathering online, if you would like to connect with one another, you could do that there. And for those of us here in this space, we're going to invite the family out first, and then we will follow. And as you'll find on the bulletin, there is information about a reception to follow. So may we be in a spirit of prayer. God, we give thanks for your life and your love for Don, your life and your love, which holds him in this moment in this family as we move from this place. May the love of God that has brought us into this moment move out into the world with us. May that love guide our way now and always. Amen. And you know you'll be all.